This is the Spirit Truth Podcast, conversations to equip worship teams and songwriters. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Truth Podcast. Uh, it's part two of a session with Yolandi. Uh, we're chatting about backing vocals. In part one, we spoke um, a little bit about her background, and then we spoke about you know the role of the backing singers and the fact that the voice is very personal, how we grow out of self-consciousness. Um, we spoke uh, about harmonies and developing our voices, and we're going to continue now with the conversation. Welcome back, Joe. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to jump straight in because we've already had a whole introduction section uh, yeah. session. Um, if you're scheduled for a service, what are the kind of things that you do to prepare uh, for singing when you're on backing vocals? Um, and what I want to ask with that is like, how well do you actually have to prepare? Because you know, I think there's often the, the kind of feeling with backing vocals, like I'm not leading a song, I'm not playing an instrument. So like, as long as I know the songs, then it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so I wanna I wanna hear your take on it. Well, uh, you know, like for uh, for me, I remember in the beginning when I first started leading worship and singing more, and you know, being kind of like more behind the mic, if I can put it that way. Um, I didn't focus so much on preparing, but that was also when my voice wasn't that developed, and there was kind of a switch somewhere where I realized that developing my voice and becoming a better singer goes hand in hand with actually preparing your voice well and not just what you're going to do and what you're going to sing. Um, and, you know, like it, I think, you know, many of us that are in the worship team or are singing backing vocalists, we have full-time jobs and we have a life and some of us have families yeah. and we have kids and, you know, we try to sleep as late as we possibly can on a Sunday before we have to go to church. And so <laughs> it's not, it's not really that practical to be like, I'm going to do a full on professional musician warm up before I go to church, you know, that's, yeah. that's just not practical, even if we want to be like that. So my tips for warming up and getting ready, um, on a Sunday or any other time that you go to worship, um, even if you just do three songs at Bible school, or if you do four songs at some other event or at a wedding or whatever like that, the most important thing to remember about warm up is not just that your voice is going to sound better but that you need to take care of your voice. Um, yeah. And if you don't warm up, it's like running a hundred meter sprint at the Olympics without warming up. You know, you are going to get hurt because you are going to go full out. If you're as passionate mm. and as excited about worshiping, you know, like you're going to give it your all during the time that you're worshiping. And if you're not warmed up, it's going to, it's, you know, it can hurt you. And I know that you can also agree with that. Like we've all had, those times when we've kind of been like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do it this Sunday or I'm not going to really warm up this time. It's okay. Mm. I've practiced long always or whatever. And you always <laughs> regret it. And, you know, it's just like that one time that you don't warm up, your voice really hurts afterwards. You can feel the difference. So it's something important, um, but it doesn't have to take two hours in the morning. You know, um, mm. I don't have a car, so I never drove to... Uh, <laughs> to church so I couldn't really pump the music and sing in the car and warm up and stuff like that so what I've always done is just basic stuff um, that might sound silly right now but the first one is to yawn um, oh. and yawn really big because you have at the back of your mouth uh, your clang tongue or your small tongue 
And that actually needs to be really relaxed when you sing. And the more relaxed that is, the better your voice can come out um, when you're singing. And another really important thing is to kind of just spend some time consciously relaxing your neck and your jaw muscles before you sing and before you get to church. Because sometimes we tend to be all tensed up and like ready to go. And maybe, you know, at home it was a bit of a stressful situation or whatever. And then we come all tense. But um, a lot of our singing actually sounds better if the top part of our body, our neck and our jaw is relaxed. That's mm. so important. And our shoulders and all that kind of stuff. All the work. Yeah, every, everything's connected. Eh? Yeah. It really makes such a massive difference. If I'm tightening my top and my neck and my jaw and stuff like that, my voice is going to come out like this, you know. And mm. it doesn't sound as profoundly different when we're singing, but it makes a really big difference um, in the stamina, in being able to sing a song fully. Um, you know, like mm. many times, especially when I started, I would sing a song halfway and I'd be exhausted and I could never figure out why I couldn't last fully to the end of a song or, you know, by the third chorus, I would, I couldn't reach the high notes anymore until I realized I actually have to relax more when I'm singing. And that's such a big mm. part of warming up. Um, and then drinking water before you, yeah. before you start. Lots of water. Lots of water. Even if you have to run to the toilet a few times, it's really important but never ever drink water that's ice cold. Always room temperature or warmer because drinking ice cold water freezes your vocal cords right up and it can actually cause injury. Um, and then stretching in other ways, like bending over and touching your toes and going up and you kind of just like loosening up your muscles is a really good way to warm up your body because your whole body is involved in your singing. Um, not yeah. especially, and not your throat, like your throat has to be least involved, which is kind of controversial to what a lot of people think, um, initially. And then to get enough sleep is really important. Mm. Like try your best not to sleep four or five hours before you're going to sing. Even if it's a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, like uh, yeah. just make sure to get enough sleep because that has a big effect on all your muscles. Um, That's important as well, just in terms of being present in the exactly. moment. You don't want to be kind of exhausted in worship. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people plan hectic things on Saturday night and then they wonder why they struggle to be engaged on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, so try to keep your, your night before a bit more open. Yeah, and, and and just in terms of preparing your heart because that's actually what it's about, you know. Yeah. If you're watching a movie that's really hectic on Saturday night and then you pitch on Sunday morning expecting to have this worship moment, um. It's a yep. hindrance. Um, but anyways, and then another important thing is like, and this sounds maybe a little bit harsh, but don't eat a massive breakfast before you go or don't eat a massive dinner or whatever before you go and sing. Like, mm. um, there's a lot of people that have always said like, oh, but dairy is actually the thing that's bad before you sing. Anything that you eat, it's scientific, scientifically proven, will cause phlegm. Um, and it acts like getting a cold. It will cause phlegm. If you, some people say you shouldn't eat half an hour before the time, but I would say like the longer space you have before between eating and singing, the better, because then yeah. your vocal cords are just clear from any phlegm and stuff like that. Um, and then another thing, last thing, sorry, uh, actually just a rule of, of thumb or just something to keep in practice is not to eat super acidic stuff. Um, and stuff that causes acid reflux 
because mm. that just in general, like if you eat stuff like that, it's it's not gonna just disappear when you go sing. It's gonna stay there. And some people really struggle with that, and it causes massive issues with with vocalists. Um, yeah. But that's just a side issue. Um, but that also has you know just has a lot to do with preparing our voices and keeping them in shape, if I can put it that way. Yeah, it's good stuff. Something else that's useful. Um, if you don't know how to warm up your voice, um, go on YouTube and download. Uh, um, there's tons of of like videos of uh, warm ups for guys or warm up warm ups for yeah. girls. Um, I've got one downloaded on my phone. Uh, that's really easy to just. It's like a five or ten minute warm up that I can just sing along to as I'm on my way to to practice. If you have a car and you can um, do that's that, that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> or you can do it you can in do the that street, public yeah. transport as well. <laughs> All right, and taking a little bit further back, kind of, what does your preparation in in the week look like in terms of how do you prepare the songs? Um, when I'm on backing vocals, um, you know, just like you mentioned earlier as well, it's it's not that the case of okay, well, I just kind of have to know the songs in the choruses because I'm probably going to do the backing vocals in those parts. Like the better you know the lead vocal part the better you can harmonize because mm. that kind of prepares your ear already to be able to differentiate and to be able to pick up a harmony. Um, yeah. Because if you're pitching up on a Sunday and you don't know half of the song, it's actually such a scrabble just to become familiar with the, what the lead singer is singing that it mm. becomes even more of a struggle to hear a harmony. Um, so it's yeah. actually really important to know the lead vocalist parts just as well as what you're going to sing. Um, and it yeah. makes it so much easier and so much um, that you can harmonize with way like a lot more ease because yes. you kind of already know where the lead vocalist is going. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's actually for me and in, in the point that I am at now, that's the main way that I prepare my backing vocals is just knowing the lead vocalist part really well. But that, that becomes, uh, uh, let me go, you get to a point like that when your your harmonizing is confident enough to be able to kind of improvise. Um, mm. You know, you want to get to that point. You want to get to a point where you can know the the song really well. You know the structure really well, um, mm. and you can go to church on a Sunday and be free to improvise and be free to hear it and stuff like that. And obviously, if you're with another harmony, then that becomes a little bit more hindering because you need to think about the other person as well. But the mm. best place to be in is um yeah to know what the lead vocalist is going to sing but also to know the structure of the song to know yeah. um the intro the verses the choruses where the bridge is you know like where the build-ups are there's actually i think it's the basis of the bethel band that was at one of our conferences he they were giving this session about worship and he gave such a great example like that it's like driving a car and in the beginning we have to think so much about shifting the gears when we don't know in the clutch control and all that kind of stuff. But when we start knowing how to drive a car better, it all becomes subconscious. And actually, we can just drive without thinking about what we're shifting the gears and stuff like that. And that's the place that we want to get to when we arrive at church on the Sunday. During the week, we want to prepare the songs and know them so well that when we walk onto stage... There's actually nothing that the worship leader can throw at you where you're going to be like, oh my word, I don't know what to do now. Because you yeah. already know the structure so well. Like there's some stuff can change and some stuff mm. can shift. But if you know the the structure really well and kind of like the mm. the bedrock of the song, 
then it is mm. so easy to adjust and just to enjoy and just to worship and just to engage. Um, yeah. So that's really crucial. But that's actually the only thing that, that I really focus on. Yeah, two, two other quick things that I'll mention. Uh, the first one's a bit of a, a hack for me, yeah. um, which is really prepare the fall-in for each line um, really well. So you mentioned it a bit earlier when you had to sing a song for the first time. Yeah. That knowing when to fall in is the most terrifying part. Uh, and and, <laughs> yeah. and often people aren't confident with that. And yeah. so then they kind of mumble the first few words. And what that does is it makes the church, um, they are not confident to, yeah. to fall in with you. Yeah. And things kind of go downhill from there. Yeah. So at the at the beginning of each line, that's literally the most important part of each line is the first couple of words. Uh, make sure you practice that uh, so you know where to fall in. And you do it confidently with your holding the mic close to your mouth. Uh, and another thing, I'll, another thing I'll just mention is um, just the power of, of really preparing your the by, by looking at the lyrics and meditating on the lyrics yeah. of what you're singing. Uh, because often on a Sunday, you're focused on the technical stuff like, um, during rehearsal. You know, you've got to get the harmonies right and, and all of that. Uh, so spend time in the week going through each song and meditating on what, I'm, what is it that I'm actually singing. Mm. It's really powerful. Mm. Okay, Joe, I'm going to ask you, a bit of a random question, which is just, this is your opportunity to throw in anything that we've missed, yeah. which is just any practical tips uh, that you find uh, that help you in your role as a vocalist. I'll, an example, for me, a, a practical tip is to have a sound check song in mind. Yeah. Uh, isn't it funny when you have to sound check a song, like literally any song you've ever heard in your entire life suddenly leaves your mind <laughs> and, you, yeah. and you're sitting there um, um, uh, um, what, um, and you like end up singing happy birthday. And the whole band is waiting for you. Yes. Oh, and, you've no, and you've normally just sound checked. You have to sound check normally just after somebody who sings like. Amazing. <laughs> Whitney Houston or something. And now you say you're feeling insecure all of this. So that's one example of a practical thing uh, to help you in your role. What are some other practical things from your um, side? Something that's very close to my heart, a, a kind of a pet peeve, is to be really aware of how you're holding the mic when you're singing. Uh, mic uh, mic yes. control is so crucial. It's not just for the lead vocalist, it's for all the vocalists. It's such a typical thing that, um, you know, you'll see a vocalist coming on stage and they're not so confident in holding the mic. Or even people that have been doing it for a while... And they're holding it like they're licking an ice cream. That really, that's something that gets me worked up like crazy because, and or somebody, you know, that's coming up and holding the mic like they're going to rap, you know? And so, so just, just kind of. You get Christian rap. Yeah, but not on a Sunday morning. Anyways. <laughs> but that's just one of my, one of my things that I'm always really aware of. Um which you can do on YouTube. Go on YouTube and see how to hold a mic. Yeah, and just like being aware of that and being sensitive to that. And another thing is if you know you're going to sing louder at a certain point, specifically when we sing louder, I mean sing higher, we tend to also sing louder. And that's just like yeah. pull the mic a little bit away from your mouth. Or, yeah. or if you're singing soft, don't like keep the mic away a mile away from your mouth because yeah. – it's not just that people are going to hear you less. It's more that the sound guy at the back is going to push you up so loud that when you finally put the mic closer to your mouth, everybody's just <laughs> going to hear your voice. And or it's going to feed back. Yeah, that's such a typical thing. So that's really, really important. Um, and another practical tip is when you get to church on a Sunday and they're doing sound check, 
don't hesitate to tell the sound guy if you can't hear yourself. Um, yeah. It's not just for the lead vocalist that he needs to hear himself. You need to hear yourself so that you can harmonize properly. Um, yes. It's so crucial, and I've and I've seen that so many. And hear the other instruments, yeah. like the hear the guitar and hear the keyboard. Yeah. that'll give you your note. And if it makes you more comfortable to sing to hear the the piano louder, then you ask for that. And I know a lot of us share monitors, um, but kind of just find a way to figure out. Even if you need to talk to the sound guy and say, "Listen, I'm having trouble with this," like the sound guys usually really want to help with that. Um, so never, yep. never be shy to mention that and um, kind of put yourself first in that moment and just make sure that you can hear yourself properly because we can't serve or be musicians properly if we can't hear ourselves. And um, yep. for smaller setups where we don't have monitors, um, just have a chat with the sound guy as well and with your band. Like, do you guys need to stand a little bit in front of the speakers to hear yourselves better? Um, but yes. that's just always really important to be aware of, can I hear myself um, mm. or not, you know, and kind of try to troubleshoot that a bit. Um, and then another practical tip is body language. And I know we mentioned it in the previous part as well, but um, sometimes we literally need to stop and tell our faces to show to people that God is good. <laughs> yes. I know like a few years back in, in the worship team at Stellenbosch, we had James um, started this whole thing about smile police. And <laughs> there was always somebody in the worship team that was in charge of making sure everyone's smiling. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily that you have to be like a clown and smile this massive smile, but, <laughs> but just like remember that people are looking at us and, you know, it's not a self-conscious thing, but more a... Uh, uh, just reminding ourselves that we're an example and yes. just keeping your face relaxed and just having a smile there and moving around the stage and, you know, lifting up your mm. hands and um, especially because mm. you don't have to hold an instrument. It's so yeah. nice to be able to be a bit more physical and a bit more expressive. And yeah. it's a challenge when we're focused so much on what we're doing and singing, we forget, mm. but, you know, just taking a moment in between the songs or whatever, just to be like, okay, you know, am I slouching? Am I frowning? I have a very famous worship frown, um, which I've been trying for years to get rid of, but I'm still struggling. Um, <laughs> but it's shows that we're serious about worship. Yeah, right. But then when you look back at the photos, you think, oh my goodness, what was I doing? But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So body language is really important. And another point is also if the worship sometimes. And it's something I mentioned also earlier in the previous part. It's like to remember that we're all leading on stage from wherever we're at, whether we're back backing or whether we're leading or whether we're on an instrument. And the worst thing to see is when the worship leader is like really trying to engage the congregation and he's jumping up and down and he's smiling and he's really just worshiping or trying to praise. And the backing vocalists are kind of just standing there and not really <laughs> sure. And, and you know, that is usually for me the first sign that the backing vocalist hasn't prepared anything and at that moment they're just trying to remember what the next verse is but mm -hmm. um it's just yeah that's just another really important thing as vocalists whether we're backing whether we're leading whatever to remember that um mm. we have a, such an incredibly big role in leading the congregation and in and inspiring the worship and the praise um yeah, yeah those are the practical tips i can that's, think of right now that's great stuff I've I've got one more. Um, yes. And 
I would really, really, really encourage vocalists to memorize their lyrics. Oh. Um, because <laughs> if you've got lyrics in front of you on a music stand, it doesn't matter if it's How Great Is Our God, which you've sung 10,000 times, um, you know, you're going to look at the page in front of you. Yeah. It's like it's a law of worship. Yeah. That if, if there's words in front of you, you're going to look at it. Um, and that just completely kind of disconnects you from engaging with the congregation and showing, hey, everybody, we're all here together because you're just so fixated on this piece of paper yeah. in front of you. And there's, there's actually also a lot of stuff on internet about how to improve your memorizing skills. Um, yeah. yeah, there's actually a lot of information about it. And it's really cool. cool. It just takes the first step to do it. So good point. Yeah. But but start slow. Like start make a com commitment to learn one song yeah. out of the five for Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and then basically you, you slowly but should gradually build up your repertoire. And you importantly, you don't put those lyrics there in front of you because yeah. if they're there, you're going to look at them. Yeah. Don't have them there as backup. You spend time in the week preparing them. Yeah. Uh, so that's something. And cool. Second loss. Can I yeah. add one more thing that I just thought Perfect. about? And it's actually, it seems like a very mediocre thing, but it's actually really important. If you have a music stand in front of you, and I've seen this a lot, don't lift it up to be level with your face or something like that. Like don't create a wall between you and the congregation. Yeah, it's, it's important. And sometimes it's it's like not that comfortable because, they, okay, the music sounds way lower and I kind of have to look down and stuff like that. But try to lower the music sound as far as you can so that that barrier that could be there between yes. your body and the congregation is like minimalized as much as possible. Um, that's and good. that's just a small point, but it can make a big difference. Cool. My second last question for you is um, we, we mentioned a little bit about the structure of songs. Um, and so for me, when I think about a song, I see it like a journey mm -hmm. in a sense. And it's important to kind of map it out in your head um, and then create dynamics within the song. You know, we, we're not all falling in from the beginning of the song, full voice, singing with the worship leader if we're on backing vocals. Um, but we kind of, we can we can also see our voice as instruments. And just like hopefully the guitarist doesn't play the same way throughout from beginning to end, we can also create dynamics. So do you have any tips for, for creating dynamics with your voice? Yeah, um, I think the, the starting point would always be how many harmonies are there? Um, how many vocalists are there to work with? And to think about a song, if you go listen to any any worship song, any typical congregational song, you almost never have two vocals starting at once. You always have the lead vocalist that kind of starts off the song and um, Bill, you know, kind of gets it going and sings the first verse and stuff. And then you have the first harmony, maybe joining in on the chorus on a lower harmony. And then you kind of build from there. So one of my like biggest things about building dynamics as a harmony is to play with singing a lower harmony or a higher harmony. For instance, in the beginning of a song, when things are still building, even on the first chorus, I will always start singing a lower harmony. And if there's yeah. two vocalists that are on harmony, the lower, the one singing the lower harmony will be joining in the first chorus. And the second one that's singing the higher harmony will actually just join later in the song. And yeah. it actually makes a massive difference. Because yeah. if I'm coming in on a really high harmony belting at the first chorus, you've lost kind of half of the journey. Um, yeah. And there's some bands 
do that really great. Like Jesus Culture gets it right really well. If especially their older songs, if you go listen to it, you'll hear the difference like between the first chorus and the second chorus, how they're playing with their yeah. voices and how they're doing. Mm. So massive way in being able to build dynamic is where you add your lower and your higher harmonies. Higher harmonies mm. are good for building the song and working towards the climax of the song. And lower mm. harmonies is on the softer parts or in the beginning of the song and stuff like that. And and that's kind of playing around and arranging that really makes a big difference. Um, yeah. It's also a lot about where not to sing. Um, yes. You know, don't... Like if you're a backing vocalist, as a rule, don't go into a song singing every verse with the with the melody. I mean, there's been situations where I'm like, oh man, I've worked out such a great harmony for the verse. It will sound so awesome. <laughs> but then there's just not room for that. Um, especially because there's maybe six, five other instruments on stage and they're also playing and they're also taking turns, you know? And um, yeah. if we're just singing Helter Skelter wherever we want and... Um, it just takes away from the song and it just all becomes monotonous. So being really aware of um, where does my voice actually add something and where does my singing actually detract from the overall experience of the song? Let me put it like that. And that doesn't mean that I don't sing at all on stage. I actually do sing. Amen. But I just yes. take my mic away from my mouth and I sing yeah. my heart out. I sing like yeah. crazy. I sing my harmony perfectly, but just not over the mic. And yeah. um, and that doesn't detract. And that also doesn't mean that you're not a singer. It just means that you're being really aware and you're actually helping to build the song in a, a, a yeah. really mature way. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, that also takes a certain type of maturity. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then also the difference between singing softer and louder. Um, yeah. Some parts you can harmonize high, but you can sing it softer. And some parts you can harmonize low, but you can sing it louder. So that's also, again, kind of playing with that and being like, okay, where can I add by singing a bit softer? Mm. And where can I add by singing a bit louder? And that also goes hand in hand with what the lead singer is doing. So for instance, mm. if I'm on harmony and James is singing lead and he's singing softly, I'm not going to come in on my harmony, you know, belting. I'm going yeah. to fit in with that and, and, and vice versa. Like, you know, just also being, again really sensitive and really aware of what the other vocalists are doing and what the what the atmosphere is on the stage um yeah. and not going off on your own tangent because you're feeling it but you know like yeah. whole, being able to hold yourself back and and doing it for the sake of the song is really important that's great yeah good stuff okay so we've come to the final question that we've got time for today uh which is a bit of a big one um <laughs> and that's around worshiping spontaneously yeah. um, and I know often people only attribute this to the worship leader um, but I'm really a huge believer in like you said everybody in the in the band is a leader and everybody's got the capacity to hear from God and to to bring a word or to bring a new song or something mm. and so that's something I often try to encourage is the backing vocals you know if you've got something uh, you've got something spontaneous come and tap me on the elbow or just um kind of get catch my eye um I, I love it when somebody who's maybe on backing would would bring something that can actually lead the congregation as well yeah um but how do you start you know how do you learn to to worship spontaneously because it's not necessarily something that comes uh, kind of 
first uh, with naturally yeah. you put it that way um, to everybody so how do you grow in confidence um, sure I'm trying to formulate the thoughts in my head because it's just actually like it's <laughs> such a it's such a deep like passionate thing for me because I think a really massive part of my worship ministry over the years has been being able to sing prophetically and um, it's been a journey it's not been easy um, just to like mm. jump into it to be like one day all of a sudden you know like the cloud opened and I understood what it meant it was really a journey <laughs> and it took a while but I think yeah. the most important thing which you brushed on just now is to realize that when you're on stage you need to be operating in a safe space and that means that you need to be still submitting to the worship leader and that you need to still yeah. understand what the order is on the stage. You know, if the worship mm. leader says, okay, guys, like you just said, you know, everybody can can lead and everybody's got the capacity to be prophetic. Um, that doesn't mean that you can, during the so worship song, just shout out and, you know, like do your own thing. It's still, <laughs> yeah. It still needs to operate within a framework. And that's actually... It's still order. Exactly. And that's actually for your safety. And I speak from experience because my personality... Um, and you know, just my artist personality also is kind of like, I'm stubborn and I tend to want <laughs> what to, you never, <laughs> I tend to want to take the limelight and, you know, like I had to grow out of that and I had to realize that that actually has no place, um, in spontaneous worship. Absolutely none. Like mm. you have to let that part of you die completely because yeah. it's in that moment when, when the Holy Spirit comes to prompt you, it's absolutely nothing to do with you. It's not about mm. gratifying yourself. It's not about being glorified in the moment. It's just about God wanting to use you in that moment. Um, mm. And that, like, you know, with saying that, um, a massive part of being able to go into spontaneous worship is kind of being able to be, how do I put it? Um, confident? Not confident. A little bit... Uh, careless if i can put it not careless either uh, i had the word just now but now i'll think about it just now um but just kind of being able to let go completely and if yes. if it's gonna come out a little bit awkward or wrong being okay with that yeah so yeah so kind of just being able to be like okay whatever happens now um i'm just gonna sing because this is what god is yeah. telling me to do you know and and it's yeah. been so many times where i feel something's going to happen and I feel like I need to sing something and you look yeah. at me and I know, okay, now God is also telling James that I need to sing. And I'm like, well, I don't have any <laughs> words in that moment. You know, like I don't have this song written in five minutes in my head or five seconds, but the moment that you step out in obedience and you open your mouth, yeah. it's like God yeah. takes over. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of cho choosing obedience above dignity. <laughs> exactly. That what I was trying to say. Exactly. You know, just being willing to be undignified in the moment. Um, yeah. And many times it is like if you look back, if you look back, um, you, when you've cooled down after your worship moment and you think like, oh my goodness, what on earth was I doing? You know, like I've cried <laughs> doing stuff like this. I've shouted. I've said things where I thought that makes no sense. You know, but. But in the moment, you know that this is exactly what God is trying to say to the congregation. And, and you know that this is yeah. what God wants to do. And a lot of times, prophetic stuff works like that. It doesn't make sense. If somebody yeah. walks in off the street, they will not understand it. That's what it says in scripture. You know, if people yeah. don't understand the Holy Spirit or don't have him, they will not understand the things of the Spirit. And, um, you know, that's just something to be so aware of that it doesn't make sense. And 
in that time, we need to be able to switch off our, our minds, our reasoning, and just be able mm -hmm. to flow. And it's not easy to do that, especially if we're still struggling with a lot of self-consciousness. So I think the first yeah. thing is um, it's not about ability. It's about being available. So availability. Yeah. And um, it comes with developing a voice and it comes with growing in confidence and, and being able to be like, okay, God, I know that my voice isn't that great at the moment. I know I'm self-conscious. I know I'm struggling with stuff, but I want to be able to do this. And, mm -hmm. you know, if we make ourselves willing and we make ourselves available, it's really God comes to work the work in our heart. It doesn't start with a skill to be able to do it. It really starts from inside um, to mm -hmm. be able to go into spontaneous worship comes from really um, God giving a revelation in our hearts. And mm -hmm. the best, the best thing that somebody ever told me was that, um, the way that you lead people in spontaneous worship on a platform on stage is by knowing what it feels like to be in that space in your own personal mm. time at home. So yeah, in other words, absolutely. when I'm in my room, I'm going into prophetic worship, I know what it feels like because it is a feeling. You know you know when you're there, you know when God is moving. Um, and mm. when I'm at home and I'm doing it in a safe space and I'm comfortable, then I'm going on Sunday to church and you know it's exactly the same thing. But by then, yeah. I know what it feels like. I know how to get there. Yeah. I know where that space is. Yeah. Like Personally, for me, it's a lot of times, um, you know, when we've gone into worship and, and we've kind of, we've praised, we've worshiped, we've dug in, then I know, yeah. okay, God is going to start moving now. That's, that's usually where yeah. I operate the best. Um, and I think it's different for everyone as well. Like, I know your way of doing it um, is different from my way of doing it. But ultimately, mm. God is still doing what he needs to do through us, you know, and um yeah. growing in confidence in that the only way to do it is trial and error it's yeah. there's no course you can take for it there's no formula or step by step it it literally is just being able to to just run into it and and do it little by little and i mean like yeah. i've oh man james you've been there for most of my embarrassing moments where i've just like failed <laughs> in this you know, and, and that's where the beauty is of being in that safe space as a backing vocalist yeah. as well as, you know, if your leader is giving you the space to do it and, and there's an awkward moment, it's like you're covered and it's a safe yeah. place and you can walk away home and know, okay, like I haven't been detrimental to what God was doing, like, or, you mm. know, like that I, I ruined it. It was really just, and God has so much grace for that as well. You know, he mm. is actually the one that wants us to operate in this. Um, yeah. he's the one that wants us to grow in this and he really takes our hand and he, he protects us and doesn't expose us. I mean, I've gone home so many times after, after worship sessions where I really think like, oh man, that was such a fail. But I know, you know, that God isn't the one that exposes us or shames us. Um, he yeah. covers us and, you know, he helps us grow through that and learn through that. And the most important thing is just to keep trying and keep doing it and keep just yeah. being willing in that moment that yeah. God is prompting you to do something, mm. to do it and to listen, learn to listen to his voice and learn to hear that prompting during worship and learn yeah. to feel, okay, my body, it's literally like a body reaction. You know, you start feeling mm -hmm. it building up inside you. Something's going to happen now. I need to step out in faith. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think another important thing is don't just engage in this with your head. Um, don't just yeah. try and figure out the theology of it and don't just try and figure out the technicality of it because serving is also a matter of a heart and 
and spontaneous worship is like 100% spirit led it's 100% just following the holy spirit and and um surrendering to what he's doing in that moment that's cool yeah yeah good stuff yolandi it's been so amazing catching up um i wish it wasn't over <laughs> facetime yeah <laughs> and that it was proper facetime um, but thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I really think it's been really encouraging um, and I'm excited to hear the feedback from from the singers out there. So thank you for your time. You're welcome. It was really a pleasure. And yeah, may it be inspiring for you guys. Um, and I encourage you just kind of what we spoke about now at the end. Um, let's really see that what what we're desiring on Sundays, that it's happening in our personal times of, of worship as well. So may, may you be encouraged to... This evening, uh, when you get home, uh, to to spend time in worship with God and go, um, like some people say, you know, off the page where uh, you yeah. go beyond the songs um, that you know, and let's begin to engage God's heart uh, prophetically and learn to to be led by the Spirit, so that uh, when we come on Sundays, we we're expectant uh, that God mm-hmm. is the God who exists and who rewards those uh, who seek Him. So Amen. bless you. And uh, enjoy, join us next time for the next episode of the Spirit Truth Podcast. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you for joining the Spirit Truth Podcast. Check out chauffeurband.com for music and resources. You can also subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media.